0: Uh, well, hello, everybody. This is Sunday's with Kay, and we have a topic today. Travis is always asking me about the 60s. So we're going to go with the 60s, and we have a friend, Stephen Thompson, who even had a band during that time. So uh, we're going to talk about the 60s together. Now, I'm in the 60s here in the United States, and I uh, wasn't too involved in the popular thing at first. And uh then Steven, I you know, I really don't know what his involvement was, what what he understood. So we're gonna find that out. And uh so I'm gonna begin with a little bit of my background on the sixties. First of all, let's talk a little bit about the fifties is what started the sixties and like uh with the Rolling Stones. Uh they came over here because they were studying muddy waters. that was all popular in the 50s, and they heard that over in England, and they wanted to come over here. Now, it wasn't too much in the Beatles, where where Stephen can tell you more about that. With me, it was the Rolling Stones. And and I was working extremely long hours as a hairstylist, and although I did have my bar days, I worked in the bars, and that was quite fun. We were breaking every rule in the in the, in the world, and uh, we thought it was just a bar action at first. And then finally, we got our eyes and ears open and found out the whole rest of the world would do the same things we thought was bar activity. And that was push it to the limit. And... Um, and it was a good thing, because it was a wall that needed to be busted through. Of course, we went too far in some instances, and, uh, other, and others, we should have banged a little harder.
1: Um, this is going to be part two to um, our episode about uh, the new age and, and new things that are coming into this planet, and kind of how it all originated, uh, you know, with the 50s and 60s and,
2: and everything, and
1: uh, I also wanted to start with the 50s, both from uh, Stephen's point of view and from your point of view, Mom. You said that you were uh, a fan of Elvis, though, right? He was sort of your music interest, right?
0: Yes. Definitely.
1: Do you want to talk a little bit about how uh, you first discovered uh, Elvis? Because I think it's pretty interesting.
0: Well, okay, you do. You do think it's interesting. Okay, I was over at a girlfriend's house, and her brother was one of these people that just can... can, uh, hear things, and know it's going to happen. And there was an old country, country station in Ohio called Cincinnati 1-Ohio, and they sold hound dog talking harmonicas and little baby chicks. And I used to hide underneath the covers at night because I wasn't supposed to be listening, and I had a little teeny tiny uh, battery radio, and I would hide under the covers and listen to Cincinnati 1-Ohio. And so they played this Elvis Presley, and he was, uh, recording on Sun Label. And the first song I ever heard Elvis, Elvis sing was, uh, was The Milk Cow Blues. <laughs> and the next one was, uh, Baby Let's Play House. And he was still on the Sun Label then. And I, and I was just absolutely thrilled with him. And uh, all this was tuned on to me by my girlfriend's brother. So I went down to the local uh, radio, I mean, local uh, record store. And I said, I want this, this, uh, uh, record by Elvis Presley. And the lady said, Elvis, what kind of a name is that? And I said, you're going to hear it. Believe me, you're going to hear it, lady. You're never going to forget that name. And then I had a talk I was supposed to do in high school. And so in front of my whole high school, I stand there and sing the praises of Elvis Presley, who they have never heard of. And I was getting the same reaction from my, from my high school. And, um, and I said, oh no, oh no, just remember you heard it here. And then the next thing I know, he came to our town. And I lived uh, wow. out rural route. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got we got our mail like once a week and stuff. And there was a big old lot. It was full of weeds and all that stuff. And entertainers used to come and, and play there. One of them was Bo Diddley. Mm-hmm. And um, anyhow, Elvis Presley came on the back of a flat bedded truck. And he was, looked a little bit bow-legged, and he had terrible, terrible acne, and, uh, dark, uh, circles under his eyes. So, but he, even, even then though, he, he had a certain amount of looks about him, although they were pretty rough. And he was skinny, skinny, skinny. And uh, how we had a, a performance in those days was all the cars that came up, and they came from everywhere. Um, they lined up, and on this flat, on this back of this flatbed truck, the performer would perform, and we would turn our headlights on, and that would be the thing. So this is how I saw Elvis Presley for the first time, wow. and uh, <clears throat> and so then later, my auntie. Who was in high politics in Florida. Uh, they were all, they were already starting to have a fit because Elvis Presley was moving his hips and he was starting to get banned all over the place. And she goes in this hotel, had never heard of him before, and she's walking down the corridor when Elvis Presley comes walking down the corridor and two girls faint right at her feet. And, uh, she says, what the heck's going on here? And, and she expected Elvis to be a gentleman and help these ladies that had just fainted. But he stood there like a stick, and he said to my auntie, he said, excuse me, lady, I know that you're not going to understand this at all. He said, but if you would help those, those girls there and, 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 and put your hands over their eyes, do not let them see me, or are they going to do that again? And my, and my auntie thought he was Christ. And so, uh, he went on down the hall- hallway. So that was my introduction to Elvis Presley. And, uh, I never was one of those girls that went to the, uh, the movie theater and screamed and all that. I always thought, well, why don't you shut up so we can hear him sing?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I was very well, annoyed of was, uh... with all that.
1: Originated with Frank Sinatra, I think they used yeah. the press to to bring people to the show. They would pay exactly. people to sing. And... But
0: with Frank Sinatra, they paid the girls to sing it first.
3: Right, right.
0: Uh-huh. And then it became
3: a uh,
1: phenomenon. Then
0: became the thing to do. It became. Yeah. The thing to do.
1: Yeah. And I, I wanted to bring up music uh, relevant to the topic because it really ushered in a lot of the movements that led to the sixties and. uh, uh, Stephen, I wanted to get your point of view. What was your, did you, did you guys hear, you lived in England, I think, in the 50s and 60s, is that right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so what was your sort of, like, did you hear about Elvis and what was your life in the 50s and what was England like in the 50s and all that?
2: <clears throat> well, uh, by the way, first of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me to actually make this little statement. It's been a long time since I actually wandered down memory lane Yeah.
3: what
2: it yeah, was well, really as you exciting want, to me. Yeah, as much it. as you want me to, anyway, because I've uh, you know it seems like you a little text today. I've been kind of putting out names. In actual fact, Mom said Muddy Waters, which is one of the one of the names I put on this list of individuals uh, that oh, cool. we were we were tracking them down during the late fifties, early sixties, because there was a lot of um, a lot of censorship in England at that time. You couldn't get hold of a lot of American singers, you know, although we knew they were there Mm because we'd see them on, we'd see them on some of the old black and white movies and things like that. We, we being, you know, 15, 16 at the time, we, we, we needed to create something other than Ella Fitzgerald and, you know, such things that our parents grew up on like they do these days.
1: Right.
2: You know, it's got to be a new, new kind of gig. And so, um, yeah, we started tracking those guys down, you know, and, uh, I, I, I was able to, I had an American girlfriend when I got to about 16, so I was able to get her to smuggle some stuff off of the bases, because there was a lot of American Air Force bases and, you know, Army bases in England at that time, so we, you know, they, they, they Americans could get the stuff, but we couldn't. So I was, I was kind of like getting all these old, um, Stevie Wonder recordings and things like that when he started coming out in the early '60s. So, um, yeah, and so uh, no, but I you guys speak. did
1: hear about you you heard about Elvis and all that. I mean, I know that led to the Beatles and, and everything. So I know they were influenced by Elvis. So I guess England well, was pretty pretty hip to it too, or yeah, they, they,
2: yeah. They, England's England, well, you, you know, everybody knows England's kind of like big you on know, you know the Beatles started it all out and Stones and. Kinks and the Who, you know, these were all bands of my era, you know, I I got to change in the dressing rooms with Jimmy Page a couple of times because he came to wow. town with, a, ba- with yeah. a band, you know, and uh, I, I kind of, <laughs> my claim to fame with the Rolling Stones is pushing Brian Jones' car down the street when it wouldn't get started. Oh,
0: I'm jealous. <laughs> well, uh,
1: yeah. I wanna get experiences uh of the of the bands in the sixties, but I also wanna get an idea of uh what culture was like in England in the fifties. Was it similar to America where it was kind of repressed and conservative at all, or was it did you guys have your own thing going on? I don't really know about the the culture of this of the fifties in England.
2: Um, well, you know, they just come through a bloody great big war. You know, they, they, um, you know, I, I was born after the war. You know, I'm kind of like I wasn't a war baby. I was a kind of baby boomer, I suppose you'd call me. But it was, um, you, you, it's like being born after the Vietnam War. You know, the people that were in that era, you know, remember that period of time and and they they the the resistance to that and those sort of things that that you guys don't have. You know, so it's not a part of your feeling world. It's not a part of your your new age kind of program. It's kind of like when you start thinking about those sort of things, you start seeping into, you know, the consciousness that was going on back then and the lack of communication and uh, the lack of consciousness really that was happening. You know. So that so, was um,
1: the, that was apparent in in the fifties too, where there was sort
2: of big consciousness
1: time. wasn't there yet. It was, no, it was yeah. it
2: was just seeping through because there were some things happening in England, like there are here now, where you know, politicians were being found out. You know, there were there were certain things that were happening that were well, you didn't you didn't find out about these things until after the fact, and it was a it, it, it was kind of like one of those periods of time where you. Really didn't know what was going on, you know. It was um, Mm -hmm. although in in my, you know, in the teenager kind of realm, it's kind of like it is now. It was like Water a Ducks back. You know, things that were going on were things that were bothering my parents, you know. And I was just, I just needed to get out the door Mm -hmm. and go and play some music, right? You know, so the political
1: beaver cleaver, though, like the the Molly Homemaker and, and the whole thing before well, we, women's rights and all that stuff was that that was a part of uh english culture too in the 50s.
2: yes oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. So there, there, there was I, I can't put my name on those that were involved in it i i just didn't have that uh interest in it personally you know right. it was it was something I, i'm an infj you know i'm not a' I'm kind of like one of those guys that don't like conflict or anything like that I just like you know, i know like to see love and peace and happiness happen but right. um you know, there, there were certain things that I really didn't want to know about, like the Bay of Peaks and things like that, that were
3: yeah.
2: happening back then. And and, and the the a- attitude during the fifties was pretty much the same as it was here, I think. Um, I, I, okay, back back me up on this. It was a it was a growth spurt period of time because there needed to be something that, to stimulate the people after the war, and uh, you know. It, Life was good, I suppose, if you look at it. So there was a an expansion of of education that was going on, and the science world was being exploded, and you know there was a whole bunch of different things going on that uh, that has set the sea for what is taking place now. Yeah, although we didn't really know what was going on, you know, you know, it's, uh, Travis, it's uh, it, it, we were kind of like blind. Right,
0: reading right. the blinds, kind of like it is at the moment. Yeah. Well, you know. I wanted to kind of interject in here because when you talked about the Bay pigs and everything, and me in Florida, it, we were highly, highly affected by that because what was going on in Cuba. And it was Florida's first shock to realize that the news was telling us one thing, but we were walking and walking, we were the ones that were on the streets and we were the ones that were going going to a, a Ybor City in Tampa where all the where all the Cubans were and everything. Everything was slammed down shut and for the first time we saw that the government was lying to us. And we were just like No, no. You're kidding me? the government never lied to you. So right. that that was another awakener.
1: I was wondering, too, yeah, when sort of uh, a distrust in the government started, because it seemed like for a long time in the early 20th century, like, it was very much, you you know, what your government said was fact, and and then when did people start to question, you know? Or at least in America, it was was like that, as far as what I know, as far as what I hear, uh, you know?
2: I think the yeah. seeds were being sown way back when. You know, I mean, there's a <laughs> lot you know, at, the at the turn of the last century that the, the the you know the, the suffragette thing was going on. You know, I've been listening to people at my spiritual center here in Long Beach uh, talk about these women that were spent 30 years, you know, working and slaving for women's rights and and the mm-hmm. and the vote and things of that nature. So those sort of things were a value to what is actually happening now and we're on the precipice at the moment of actually going in a in a not so constructive direction but even so you know i say that by virtue of knowing that there's probably going to be some disruption going on in the near future because if we're finding out based on the technology and the internet and youtube and you know, Twitter and all these other things that you have available to us. Worldwide, I'm suggesting, mm-hmm. is putting those individuals that ha- actually thought that they had control of everything in a little bit of a panic because it, it, it boils down to energy. It boils down to vibration mm-hmm. and and energy. This isn't going to be a, a physical pick up the gun and let the bloody world kill a few mm-hmm. politicians. That's not what it could be anymore.
0: So I love that, David, that you're talking about the, the, the not physical, because I'm drawing a blank right now, but a great, great philosopher that we lost just not too long ago, about 10 years ago, when they were interviewing him, they asked him what would be the na- next breakthrough in energy, and he said it's going to be for us to find out what spiritual energy can do, and it's going to blow everybody's mind absolutely, because we went went into mind energy, which was, you know, think and go rich, get rich and all that, but we didn't know that we were pulling both the positive and the negative into a high, high, high form by going mind, 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 mind. (laughs) finding out now. And just like this philosopher said, we're starting to find out. Things can be run by spiritual energy. A radio can be run by spiritual energy. It doesn't have to be physical energy. And we're just starting to find that out. Go ahead. All right.
3: I, oh, I definitely want
1: to get into where where we are now. Uh, but before that, I definitely want to delve a little bit more into because I find it interesting. I'm, I'm a musician, and uh, my, mom, my mom never tells me anything about the 60s. She says, "Well, I, I, my life was horses and work." So I kind of want to hear. Uh, you know, you said from the 50s, you said you were kind of tired of the the uh, the atmosphere, so you wanted to get into music. So what was your like? What was your life like getting into the 60s, uh, Steven?
2: Uh, transistor radios you know that was big yeah. you know like being able to take your music with you uh, rather than you know have a great big long cord plugged into a wall somewhere you know so you've got a, a, a again Travis you know he's trying to explain trying to tell you how to fry an egg you know basically it's the same sort of energy that was going on we just didn't have velcro you know, we didn't have digital clocks. We didn't, you know, the, we. I think the expansion that's, that we were kind of looking to have is happening now. But let me take you back a little ways. I, I wrote down here, you know, I, I, I don't know how to explain this really, any more than Kay can probably, but I didn't get a telephone until I was 11. You know, and that was in the house, in the hallway, and you had to have permission to use it. You know, and there was three numbers on it, you know, Seven double three. I, I remember all these things when I was a kid. Um, Food-wise, it was basic food because it was probably uh, meat and two dead, basically. We're we're not we're very bland as English people as far as food goes. Fish and chips, <laughs> steak and kidney mm. pie, you know that sort of stuff. It, it's not a it's until recently until. You know, we got a lot of Chinese people coming over, Indians and Pakistanis, and all the people that were attached to the British Empire that were actually coming into the country now and bringing their foods and their culture with them. So yeah, it was like I didn't see a black man at all in my school. You know, there wasn't there wasn't any any any, any of that that sort of integration in my town. You know, until until way 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 later. You know, we had one Jewish kid in the in the in the school, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, the living. Yeah. so, so, so what, what we've been looking at is not only, also you didn't, you didn't go out of town or, or off the island for a holiday like we do today.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, we used to go down to the coast every bloody summertime, two year two weeks of the year, which was a part of the gift that companies would give their um, employees like they do today. You know, you got two weeks off and you you know, you get two days off for Christmas, and you get a day off for Easter, and it's pretty much the same as it is now. Now, um, but you never went out. You never went off the island too much. You know, I was one of the first ones that actually took off and went to hitchhiking around uh, Europe. I had a big thing in the local newspaper. Me and Jeff Hutchings, who was a friend of mine, who was in the band with me when the band closed down, we uh, we we. Uh, we decided to hitchhike around Europe, you know, which wasn't that popular at the time. So, you know, stepping out, stepping out and just, you know, going to France where we didn't know the language, you know, going to Spain, going to North Africa, you know, looking at the Casbah, looking at all those different cultures. It it was a part of what is happening now, uh, Travis. Mm -hmm. You know, all these experiences that... Experiences that we were doing then, and all the things that we were looking at. I mean, some some of the houses in England when I was growing up still had their bathrooms outside. Yeah, uh, you know. So so getting a you know getting a handle on that. You know, the the milkman would come up the street with a horse and cart. You know, and the, you know, it was because it was you know that's how they delivered things and the butcher and the baker. Which that they don't do. That.
0: And with myself, I went from having kerosene lighting in the house uh and uh an outdoor privy and uh scrubbing clothes on a on a uh scrub board and uh and then uh coming on in and then finally we saw uh I would see one or two cars a day that was it. And then uh, watching all of this, this other stuff come about, and you mentioned the black man. I walked to school and and actually saw a black man's body hanging by its neck from a tree. Where some oh, white stop, boy... stop stop
3: stop stop. Yeah. No, Don't no, I'm that, not going to saying. that.
0: And we passed on all that. And we, I went from seeing that to seeing where they could not eat in in uh, the uh, restaurant to all of a sudden a table being open for them saying, come on, come on in, come on in, come on in, well, everybody was shocked.
2: Yeah, yeah, you had different uh, uh, black people, as I may call them that. Mm-hmm. You, you had yes. african yes. You, you had yes. what they call african American. But...
0: When I first got the, my, my first married, their gyp joint was right almost on the edge of my property. And so I got all this wonderful music, and uh, then we saw uh, white people sneak in so they could hear it. And then came Little Richard.
3: Oh, oh, my
0: God, Little Richard. My mother kept saying, the man's screaming. And I said, oh, no, Mama. No. Chuck Mama. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Chuck, Chuck, Berry? Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry,
2: yes, Barry, yeah. yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, he, I, he was, uh, he, he, mm-hmm. I, we, we did all Chuck Berry stuff.
0: Yeah, and then I remember Rock Around the Clock coming in,
2: and everybody
0: being shocked with Bill Halian's comments, and everybody being shocked to death with with rock and roll. Even the word rock and roll, and they they said that's that's bedroom action. Oh my God, evil, <laughs> yeah.
2: evil stuff.
1: So were you were you in a rock band, then uh, Stephen?
2: Just a little while. I, I, I fancied myself as a drummer. I couldn't play guitar because I. My fingers had bleed for some reason. So I picked up a pair of sticks and started, you know, banging out a, a few, few few paradiddles on a, on, a, on a set of drums. It was only like four. It was, the only needed like a, a beetle set up, you know, it's kind of like a, a bass drum and a tom-tom and two tom-toms and a snare, basically. That's all I had, really. Yeah. And a few, you know, and a tilting cymbal and a riveted cymbal and a, and a hi-hat. That's about it. But but it was uh, it was a period of time where there were bands on every corner. You know, it's like anybody that could had a little bit of rhythm, you know, wanted to be in a band. I mean, Northampton, where I was from, had um, I don't know bloody I could go through the bands that were there. We used to have battles of the bands, where we'd have a uh, an evening, uh, well, and we weren't that old either, sixteen, seventeen, you know. But there'd be like ten bands. In the what they called the Drill Hall, which was a an army bloody great big gymnasium, and we'd have stages set up all the way around the place, and and it would be an you know a whole night sort of you know who's going to be the best band out there. So it was a it was pretty cool. And not only that, but we had other people come in, like um, who was it? The, 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 the Springfield's, it used to be Dusty Springfield's Burley. I don't know if you know about Dusty Springfield or any of those guys. I've heard of them, but, um, yeah. Well, and my the Hollies.
1: Uh, we, we had...
0: Yeah, Billy Holly. yeah.
1: My, my mom coming from America was able to get early exposure to uh, Elvis. Now, did you ever hear any rumors or anything about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones early on, like before they got big in England?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they so come around. You know, the, the Beatles were ticklers to some of your – you early guys, you know, that Beatles was on the same same bill as um oh, what's his name? Um I'm a walking in
3: the rain do, 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 do the What was his name? What was it, Kate?
1: I can't say the <laughs> well, I I, I yeah,
0: only know a yeah. few. I mean, I know the Kinks, I know the Who. I know
3: I don't
1: know a lot. Of yeah,
2: people. no, these, these yeah. guys, this guy was yeah, there were single singers that would come around. You know, like Bobby V and, and you yeah, uh, yeah. bu- bu- yeah. bu- bu- yeah. Bobby Bobby Ray These were like mm-hmm. late fifties guys mm-hmm. that would come and to I mean, England, like the like the the Everly Brothers.
0: And I wanted uh, to ask you, Stephen. Uh, did you go through a period there in England like we did here, where we were in love with just the just the uh, the drum music? everybody was
2: Buddy Rich. Buddy, okay. yeah. I what? actually went to a Buddy. I went to a Buddy Rich um, uh, clinic in London. Uh, okay, then not and, and, and a and a Max Roach, uh, you know, because they uh-huh. used to come over and, and set up these clinics, and all the drummers in the world used to show up because they. Yes. Yeah. Pretty uh-huh. famous, you know, and so um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the other guy? The other big drummer who had his own band? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, there was it, it, one of the things that did happen during the fifties and sixties were big bands.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, think, Glenn,
2: yeah. Mill, Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller, people like that. Yeah. that were doing, they, were, they were all doing the swingy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it wasn't rock and roll, but it was. It, mm-hmm. it, you got your, your feet tapping.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and uh, it moved out of that old Vaudeville kind of attitude yeah.
3: that
2: was that was like Frankie Sinatra and all these other guys mm-hmm. that were coming up and Dean Martin and
3: yeah, people like exactly.
2: that, you know. And so th- they were the ones that, that were kind of pushed out of the limelight when the Beatles and the Stones and Kinks and
0: exactly. Pink,
2: Pink Floyd showed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you get to Some see of any, of those,
1: uh, any of those bands perform early on or...
2: Well, um, you know, I gotta say, I, I was probably, I was probably out there myself while they were in town, you know. They
3: had
2: okay, of, so you were playing, that, yeah. Yourself, they were yeah. doing tours, you know, they were on their own kind of tours, a lot of these bands. But again, you know, they, they would, um, they would come and support an American couple, you know, like Paul and Paula or somebody like that that put out a record that was big. And everybody went to see these, these, uh, you know these american guys but they had ticklers you know they had people that would tickle the audience before they got there and one of them was the Beeples when they came to my town but nobody knew them at all you know they were just one of the bands that were playing before the actual main headliner would show up
3: oh uh, okay yeah
2: so wow. it was um it it, it was a that, that's how they used to run these things in england anyway you know there was one or two little um uh, pictured, picture houses that they would turn into, you know, fairly well-designed um, performance places, you know. You could probably get five, 600 people in them, but it was a it was a local picture house, you know, where people would go and look at movies. So,
0: and, you know, they also had, Travis, still uh, in the 60s, the 10 cents advance girls. They had them right here in Long Beach, where you went and you paid the girl 10 cents, to dance with her, and they had uh, Tommy and Jim Dorothy playing, and uh they had uh Satchmo. and uh and um every New Year's was guy Lombardo I mean New Year's did not come in without Guy Lombardo. those were all big bands, and like Stephen says, and they were pushed out by the by the by the other ones. And uh that revenue that, that should put you to sleep. <laughs> we wanted well, to hear yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Miller was still around during the fifties, even though he 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 wasn't around himself. Mm-hmm. His band was around mm-hmm. and
0: mm-hmm. Buddy Rich
2: had his own band, you know. So oh, all yeah. these were they were fairly mm-hmm. well advertised, I think. But but become um, a
0: popular name, Buddy Rich, Buddy Holly, uh Buddy Guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And when you Buddy hear Buddy. the
1: you hear that uh, Beatles kind of started the whole home garage band. And I don't know if that's really true or if that was more uh, a cause and effect for America because it sounds like you said you were already in your own sort of garage band uh, at the same time as the Beatles. So that was we that already we kind were. of a, a movement we then already at that point.
2: It, before it, the yeah. Business, right? yeah. i tell you what started it off. My friend Jeff Hutchings, who was... Uh, the lead guitarist in the band, and Bob Schaffer, who was the, the rhythm guitarist, and Soupy uh, Campbell, who was the bass guitarist, mm-hmm. turned out to be at the end of the day, were, were all, they all went to the same school. You know, so they, and they kind of like, mm-hmm. as you do at school, you chat with each other and you start putting things together. And, and uh, Graham and uh, Jeff's parents had a, uh, I don't know whether you want to hear this or not, but they had a bond. I know, yeah. They had a barn on their on their piece of property, and we would practice in the barn. You know, we had to run wires from the house down to the barn just to plug it into this little fucking tiny little box where yeah. you got three three guitars plugged in it. You know, and yeah. I had a, a and I had a a, a stair drum or something. I didn't even have a you know a proper set back then, mm-hmm. and so we started out that way. We were kind of organic, if you like, but when you when you, if you went to so any of the other bands out in town, they were kind of like doing the same thing. You know, they came out of the same schools, you know, and they hung out together. And, and when it started growing, when the kink came out and when the, there were some records that you could buy that were pretty out there, they'd start playing them at school dances. And then they'd start coming around town and you wanted to be a pretty, You wanted to be in the band. It was your ego more than anything. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember Last time I picked up a pair of sticks, you know, I just I just had the rhythm, so it was yeah. um, so it was one of those things. That, but my friend Jeff is still playing, you know. He's he's a Django Reinhardt fan. He he can't wait to, you know, he's got a set of guitars lining up against his walls in his house, and you know, it was in his blood. He could not play, you know. Same with Soupy. Same with Bob. God bless him, who's not here anymore. Some of these guys that I've known in the past aren't around anymore. You know, they're, they 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 didn't do themselves very good you know, a lot of them drank themselves to death yeah. but um you know it's what happens in that industry unfortunately they're fairly sensitive people i think if you want to bring it up to the present moment well, i think um, that's what's happening now
1: yeah well um i uh what i know about the 60s of course is what you see on tv you know the, the hippies and everything and uh, was that also a big thing out there? Was it really like a lot of people experimenting with psychedelics? And I mean, were you a part of that? Did you see a lot of that, or is that kind of... My mom said, at least in America, that they make it seem like it was a bigger part of the population than it actually was. That it was more a smaller part of the population. Is that your experience too for the '60s in England? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think your mom's yeah. right. You know, there's just a, there was a pocket full of these kind of muds and rockers. You know, if you know anything yeah. about. It's like Hell's Angels. You know, they're not on every bloody corner. You know, they they put themselves in little pockets. Yeah. You know, and it's not a big part of the community, although they get a lot of attention when they, you know, step out of line a little bit because they're unusual. It's the same in England with the Rockers. The Rockers were your Hell's Angels, if you like, and the, and the Muds, which they used to call them, were the guys that run around on scooters.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: and then a, a couple of hundred of them would bloody well some some you know, seaside place and have a punch up. And it would get all the they used to call them punch ups, but they're you know, the bloody streets in New York have been like that for years. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, the trouble, the mods trouble led bars,
1: to the, the mods led to the hippies. Did you did you see a lot of hippies out there?
2: Yeah, well hippies used to hang out in their own space, you know, like they did over here. They were they create communes and they would they would go and um what they Go house it, you know, that that break into these empty bloody mansions in the middle of London and say, This is ridiculous. You know, we're out in the street, we've got this house not doing anything. So they yeah. became squatters and things like that. So they got a lot of attention from the media as being negative, And they really weren't. You know, they were they were just kids that were trying to find themselves, really. They needed support, same as the ones over here did.
0: Now children uh, in the 50s, we we had the punk rockers. Did they have oh. them in the 50s? Did they have them there in England too? We had we had well, punk rockers with the big hairdo and the whole thing.
2: They didn't call them that over there. You know what they called them? They called them teddy boys.
0: Oh, is that what a teddy boy is? Okay.
2: A yeah, teddy Boys, is kind of like, you know, the coffee shop. When the coffee shop started hitting, oh, you know, they-, right? they used to get full of teddy boys. Oh, the beatniks. The beatniks. I forgot
0: about the beatniks.
2: Yes. Yeah. Now, this was another oh, group. Think... Teddy boys and beatniks were not the same. No, they, no. They were, oh.
0: Uh...
2: Hang on, I've got somebody at the door. They're around the
1: See. same time. Uh, as far me? as what I've heard, the... Uh, the Beatles name is the way the reason it's spelled the way it is is because it was sort of influenced by the Beatniks. I heard that's part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that coffee houses is controlled poetry so. I, I think,
2: think the teddy the boys
3: were
2: supposed to be televised. What? Teddy boys teddy boys were teddy boys because of their dress. They 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 actually wore Edwardian clothes which came out of the late eighteenth century. They looked like oh, right. you yeah, know, that's Sherlock, that's right. Sherlock Holmes type people. You know, they had these thick collars and you know, they just dressed up. But they were they they were harmless really. They just got picked on. They were yeah. kinda of like who were, who would I bring it up to these days? They're kinda of like people that would you know, I don't know. It was kind of like a tribal thing, probably, and it was uh, it was probably a throwback, thing from their last embodiment. You know, they just got to live something out. I don't know. What am I... I'm just guessing here. Yeah. So I, um, and I think it's kind of like people at the moment that are, you know, wanting to make a statement with a lot of tats, you know. I mean, they're out there making their statement with tattoos most of the time. Your mom's got a couple on them.
1: Did you see a lot of the, the protests, like civil rights protests and stuff in England
2: too? We did. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm more so than, uh, you see, it was one of those times again where I could have probably gone on peace marches and banned the bombs because America started installing nuclear bombs in England and the kids didn't like it, so they would go and you know, create havoc outside these uh, Air Force bases where they were being installed. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it is today, you can kick up all you like, but nothing's going to stop them from doing what they want to do. It's not that it's going to stop them. It's going to be love, You know, But um, it's knowing how to present it, you know, which we're finding out now.
1: Yeah. So what did you kind of uh, – what? how did the 60s influence or change your outlook and, and the way that you saw life? And
2: uh... Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I left England – in 1966. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the 60s were... The first part of the 60s were powerful for me, obviously, because it got me to the age of 20, <laughs> which I was surprised yeah. based on what was going on, really. And uh, so, like I said, I went off around, around the country, and when I came back, I, I, I this is my personal story. I started working for American companies and got a got a job with the Chrysler corporation traveling around Europe. You know, I lived in Italy for three years. I lived in Germany for a couple of years. So I kind of got a smattering of uh, of different cultures and different languages. And so it also gave me a little bit of an insight as to what their political situations were like, you know, because you're actually living there and you're a mm-hmm. part of it. And so um, same with Greece, you know, and, and, and Spain, you know, I spent some time in those countries too. That, uh, that gave me a little bit more of an overview than most people have. So you're going to get a bit of a, you know, I was one of those guys that, that started that sort of living out of the country kind of attitude because before the war, it wasn't, it wasn't known to the general public that they would want to do that, which I was a part of. You only, you only went out of the country if you was an aristocracy or you had a few bucks, you know. I mean, you, it wasn't for everybody. But so, I mean, um, were you
1: always into like uh, metaphysical energy, spirituality? Were you always into those no, sort of thing?
2: No, 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 yeah. no. no. I, I actually ran in the other, other direction. I, you know, didn't. Uh, I, I went to church as a boy. You know, as a boy scout, but you know, sitting in church didn't thrill me at all. I, I tried every way of, to get out of it, really. And so, uh, you know, when it came time for me to make my own choices about going to church, you know, I didn't, so it, 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 uh, my uh, my expose to, um, to the soul side of life and the spiritual side of life, if you want to call it that, has been since I've been in this country, I, I've had okay. to go through a lot of dark nights, you know, I mean, it, it, you don't jump into these things without actually hitting the wall a few times,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and it wakes you up, and I think that's what is happening now. We're waking up. There's a wake-up going on, Travis. I know you know that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I uh, definitely want to delve into that. Um, I just want to kind of take things a little bit in chronological order. Um, I wanted to also ask my mom, because in that sense, I think uh, Stephen was influenced by a lot of the music culture of the 60s. But I think, uh, Kay, maybe you were um, a little quicker on some of the spiritual stuff that was coming out of the 60s, right? How did...
0: Yeah. How did that I impact think so. you? Mm-hmm. Because, because like you I told you, 70. I worked long hours and, uh, but that was in the glamour, 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 glamour. And then I had a horse. And it was the horse. And with the horse people. But I was into rodeos and things like that. And, uh, but, at the edge there, there was, there was these people that always fascinated me, and I knew they had something, and I didn't know what it was. But my first true introduction to uh, spirituality was uh, drop a drop of acid. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized that there were other dimensions and that there really, really was, and I knew that I was seeing illusions. But at the same time, I knew there was a whole other way of thinking and And then came this feeling that something loved me very, very, very much, no matter how dumb I was, no matter how smart I was, no matter what I had ever, ever done, something loved me very much. And I was very fortunate because along with that came another realization and don't try to find it in this. And uh, I, I was i was fortunate where there were those that uh, thought that uh, they were going to, uh, to find their enlightenment through acid. But I used to sit and look at one particular book. It was by Ron Doss.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the book would just turn pages one after another and it'd say, God is. God is. God is. And I thought, what a strange book. But I was totally fascinated with it. And I never have lost my fascination with that book. And um, and now I'm I'm right there, all in. So uh,
2: yeah, yeah, Travis. That that's what I'd say about me. On the that way. that that book was called Be Here Now, I think, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was it was it, a, was it a square book? It was square. Yes, it was. That yes, it was. Uh huh. That was yes. one of my first ones that uh, I was uh, exposed to. You know, when I got uh-huh. here. But I, I also was exposed to things like. 2150, you know, which was a story about a guy getting transported into the future. And there was a uh-huh. lot of those books around, you know, like uh, Dweller on Two Planets, which was a mind-expanding kind of program, you know. You uh-huh. had to, to be high to read that one, you know, to get familiar yeah, it. But yeah, no, I mean, so a lot of those kind of stories, you know, uh-huh. and also also Von Daniken, you know, the, dark, the gold Gods gold gods, or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. and um, the, the chariots of the gods, and things like that. Yeah. You know, they were yeah. they were all about that period of time during mm-hmm. the '60s and early '70s. I think that actually mm-hmm. gave us gave us a little bit more of a grounding. I was I was reading books mm-hmm. before I came to this country, like Super Nature.
0: Mm-hmm. Jesus
2: is alive mm-hmm. and well and living on planet Earth. And these were all translations of the Bible, a lot of them, but I didn't know that when I was reading them. Just, you know, now, so, I'm yeah, a I,
0: foolish artist, and uh, it, it, it was through uh, getting interested in what those things were all about that I found, sorry, mama. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: The strange way you find things, and uh, and then I knew, and uh, Sai Baba has been my 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 boat mm-hmm. to take me through, and now he's on the other side, and uh, and Joel Goldsmith is is now where I am. But you will find to your uh, to all of your stuff, like you, one person. I don't think I'll ever again think. This
2: person has the one and only message that I need to know ever again. Mm-hmm. No, I, it's not that. I don't think you, you know. Your Wayne Dyer and your tea and your, your ham mm-hmm. grouts are not really saying this is the only way to go. In fact, they're mm-hmm. they're inviting you to question things. I think that's what we're doing now.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, like
2: question yeah. authority and question the science that are, that's being put out there now. When you know that scientists are Purchasable by those that want to keep control,
3: mm-hmm. you know
2: but that's another- that's another discussion that we should probably have mm-hmm. um, where do you want to go now Trav? You i
1: now yeah, I definitely am comfortable now being uh in present day like what are um some changes i guess that um that you guys are excited to see I mean i've noticed a lot of things like coming in the form of um I, my mom wasn't familiar with it, but maybe you've heard of the hashtag Me Too or a lot yeah, of the women yeah, yeah, in the yeah. entertainment industry are coming out, you know, a long time. Yeah. You know, women have been repressed in the workplace and dealing with harassment. And you have things like, uh, you know, there's reportings of cops, you know, in parts of the South and stuff, uh, shooting uh, black kids, you know, and that uh, coming to the forefront, uh, you know, bringing race in. And then also the transgender um, sensitivity as far as bathrooms and and clothing, uh, even sections in the Target stores and all that, making it more, um, you know, gender neutral and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like everybody is kind of getting their recognition of, of rights and equality. And sometimes we're too politically correct, but in a lot of ways I think it's good for us all to see that we're one. And, and so maybe you guys have noticed uh, – you know, just how much that's coming into play is—is—is is, is that we're all one. And um, I don't know what, what but, kind of changes are you, are you guys excited about seeing now. You know, now that things have gone, I guess uh, a little bit more developed than they were in the 60s.
2: Well, it's kind of well, we've got a little bit more of a of a of a viewpoint to come from. But you know, a lot of the times we get a little frustrated with the uh, thank you with the um. You know, with what the changes that are going on, but if you relax a little bit and look at it from another, you know, intelligent and uh, conscious standpoint, you you can see where 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 it's going because of the of the direction and the inner st- like people like you, Travis, you know, I mean you're not about to pretty well start another war. You know, so there are kids like you that have come in that what they what they've called indigos you know, the, the indigo kids and the star children and all these different things that, that are being labeled these days. Not that they need to be those sort of things, but there's these um, INFJs and INFPs and all these different acronyms for different types of personalities that we're waking up to, which is also a part of the soul. Right. It's what you, you know, it's a person, that personality that is a, is a part of your guidance system that you... Uh, that we're calling upon now. We're not having anything else to fall back on. You know, we've got to fall back on something that's invisible because the the visible and the the matter side of life hasn't really given us too much joy. I'm not seeing a lot of (coughs) joy out there. You You know, so we're, you know, we're going in that direction. So I I don't know whether that makes any sense or not. But no, yeah. I'm going to
0: throw in in one here now that, uh, that kind of puts, the glue together, and uh, Edgar Chole when he told us Do you hear this moment. And when, when I sent that book to you, Travis, and then mm-hmm. you called me up laughing, when yeah. I had sent you several books, and I'd say, well, did you read the book? Well, yeah, Mom, a little bit, blah, blah, blah. But this one, you called me laughing. The power, be, be and, the power of now. Being here
1: now. The power of now. The
0: power of now. Me. The power yeah. of now. I was his yes. influence might be here now, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I said, and he was laughing, and I said, You read the book? And he says, Yeah, Mom. Huh? And I said, How long have you been up to date? And he said, about an hour. I said, how many times have you sabotaged yourself? And he said, about a thousand. I said, that's
1: all. <laughs> well, the thing that really caught me was uh, the title of one of his chapters called You Are Not Your Mind.
2: And yes, you I had never heard it
1: said so directly. And at first, you know, your ego is a little like challenged. Like, excuse me, what do you mean? Uh, what am I then if I'm not my mind? and But I was intrigued by it and I wanted to read more and uh particularly when he says that you are not um you are not the the voice in your head you are the one that is observing the voice so that i was like oh my gosh you know that's when you feel that deeper sense of being you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: Well,
0: that's a touch on the space age, isn't that Something we and I was right there working, and the very first, uh, the very first uh, shuttle that went up, uh, I actually did some soldering work on that. And uh, somebody let me through some security that I wasn't supposed to have gone through, and I got to see, you know, buttons and things fall off and, and all of that, and it was terribly, terribly exciting. Terribly exciting, and uh, we thought that we had just busted through the, the biggest thing that ever, 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 ever. And uh, I don't agree with that. <laughs> mm. Now I just now I say it's our spiritual busting through that uh, is going to profit us uh, rather than so much the space
2: age. I yeah. did, I did, From what I'm finding out, anyway, from people your age, Travis. That are on YouTube that are giving me some really, really uh, a lot of things to think about uh, as far as what's been going on with NASA and the space age individuals out there that are that's uh, putting a big question mark in my bloody thinking. Anyway, you know, they're they're they've, um, sticking their necks out a little bit, but they not without not without reason. You know, not without a lot of uh, investigative work that they're putting up on YouTube, which is quite cool really, I mean it's it's another part of the wake up you know
1: One thing I think, yeah, is even just the availability of information to us you know, through the internet, now that we all have access to so much information that before you might have to dig in a library or hopefully there's even a book written about it but now it's like everyone has a voice, everyone has a way to get information out and people are seeking right.
2: it and that's all exciting too well i'm actually figuring out i'm trying to figure out how to start my own youtube uh okay. channel because i've got a i got a lot to say myself a little bit along okay. the lines of um what's taking place anyway and it's a tra- just a translation of it but there are a lot of people out there at the moment that are speaking their minds and their hearts and they're pretty pretty right on and a lot of them have been through the 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 flame, I think, you know, a lot of them are ex-heroin addicts and things like that that have come out the other end with a little bit of a soul understanding of why they're here, and, um, you know, it, it, it won't leave them alone until they've made their statement, and some of them, by the way, I got a million bloody subscribers. You know, it's kind of, I, I love seeing that. If you want to know what I think my part in the 60s and 70s were, was mm-hmm. preparing the time for these guys that are coming out now. Right. You know, hopefully we gave them a little bit of a platform to stand on, even if they're only standing with their toes on it. You know, at least there's a, we rebelled enough to, to open the gates a little bit to let the light in. You know, that's all there is, really. It's all light and darkness, really. So you know.
1: My mom had actually uh called some of the stuff that was coming out early, um, and I think about it all the time And she said something about, you know, entering this new age that those who wish to deceive people and uh keep information back and all that kind of stuff hold power over others, it's gonna become increasingly harder for them to do so. Whereas if you're in the, the right path and then you're, you know, part of where consciousness is heading things will become increasingly easier for you and i see that all the time with with uh people just like politicians and stuff that, that used to be able to get away with so much it seems like now information is being leaked out and you know the next day it's like there's no chance <laughs> for, for it to survive for much i uh, you know
2: amazing it, so it, it it it's humorous really you know if you're coming at it from a an eternal standpoint you know, there is no death standpoint. I don't know if you've gotten that far yet, but, you know, if you're coming at it from, you know, this is just a trip. You know, there's been, mm-hmm. George Carlin was a part of my, you know, uh, youth, and he made a lot of statements about this is just a visit. We're just visiting here, you know. We're just, we're just on a visit to see if we can make this piece of property that we find ourselves on a little bit better than what we found there. Right, and I think that, I think what, what you're talking about is also a part of the Aquarian Age that is coming in, and that, which has been prophesied by the Mayans and, mm-hmm. and a lot of other people, like your Red Indian and everybody else that has a connection with the Earth, that made these statements about the movement of the uh, the stars and the, and how they fit in with us and and uh, how we fit in with them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, what they're trying to do is make us. You know, birth to death, and that's the end of it. They, you know, science is trying to pull the bloody wool over our eyes as far as how important we are. You know, and we're waking up to the the energy and the power within ourselves, and it's coming about now with your, uh, it, 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 you guys and the, and the ones that are coming through the schools now. You know, yeah. I I hang, out, I hang out with some. Uh, Twenty-two-year-old, you know, I got a I got a gal who's going to set my um, YouTube up, who's just come through school, and she's a, a expert at social media.
3: Right, you know, so yeah. she's
2: like tw- twenty-two, and she's having these sort of conversations with me. And yeah. so, I'm I, and what it does for me. It, inst- it inspires me to actually inspire others that are my age because there are some people out there that are my age that went through the 60s. They were the flower children. They were the people that were hanging the peace signs out that they went- had to go back into the woodwork. So right. what I would like to do is start a YouTube channel up and invite them and their energy and their history and their love and their compassion back into the fray. You know, so we... <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. What do you think, Kate? Do you think that's a good idea? I love
0: it. I love it. I love it. Because part of the reason that they shut down is because they haven't had a voice. They need to have
2: a voice again, too. Well, of course they do. They, they haven't lost their voice. Yeah. They just got... Yeah. They, they were they mm-hmm. have had families. They You know, the, the economics change, the, the governmental... Manipulations made it so they couldn't pretty well afford a house that well, and they made it so both of you had to go out to work. When it,
3: yeah, it, like it, the hippies
2: became the yuppies, yeah. So, yeah the, exactly. ones the ones that weren't work came in and became workaholics. Mm-hmm. Well, then they, yeah, and then the separation came about, you know, independent. You've got to be independent from everybody. You didn't know your next-door neighbor. You didn't know anybody up the street like we used to. I knew everybody on my bloody street, up and down Trevor Crescent. It was like um, wow. <laughs> anyway, um, getting off the, off the <laughs> getting off the road a little bit. No, I know,
1: exactly. That's where I wanted to go. Actually, is um, you know, wondering like what happened to the strength of the voice that your generation started. But in the same sense, it, it's such a different world because that generation existed. And I think it's great that you're trying to. Uh, give them a voice again, especially on such a platform that we have with the internet um, well,
2: I think if uh, you know if I stick enough hashtags out there that uh, that will bring them to my website or my uh, i 've got a website it 's not the one I want, but you know i 'm still rebuilding something here and so well, what is your to... website
0: right now if somebody wanted to get hold of you?
2: Well, they could if they wanted to, but they, it's not. I'm not advertised it, you know. So as soon as I get out there on social media, you mm-hmm. know, there will be an opportunity for them to, um, you know, buy what I've been developing for the last mm. eighteen years. You know, you know, you know where I've been. okay? So, so you're not, you're not prepared to to uh, to be listened to at this moment.
0: You're you're going to perfect it a little bit. First, no, I could put I it out
2: there. That's what this gal all about. You know, she. Can well, that's what I'm saying.
0: How, how does somebody get hold of you? You know, Travis, help me out here. Let's give him a little bit of a, a plug.
2: Well, they can get to me through my. I've got a. You know, I'm on Facebook, and yeah. I'm on the. Uh, uh, but I'm not actually putting myself out there yet. As mm-hmm. far as I'm still developing the humor, helping humanity, and the. The Great Laughter Project because we need to have some laughter, and this thing that I've got I think is somewhat a good idea because it not only makes people laugh, it raises money for their organisation. You know, so all I'm doing is putting together this kit which you've known about for a lot of years now, Mm -hmm. that's available to them through my website. They can order 250 or 500 or whatever they want. You know, but it's 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 all hooked up with uh, PayPal. You know, so if they want to order online so that I can send them a box of fun, which is so humor
0: helping humanity is
2: what I'm saying. Yeah. Well that's my I that's think. that's my company, but my project is the Great Laughter Project.
0: The Great Laughter Project. Okay, I just wanted it said so that you know
2: somebody would know something. Okay, Travis, back to you, honey. Hey, I oh, you. For, I keep forget I keep, keep forgetting this is going out on on a blog. <laughs> <thing. laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, we should, uh, are you going to, are you going to, what are you going to do at the end of this travel? Are you going to put my, uh, put my website up there or something or yeah. or is it that, is that a possibility? Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, the people that are going to be doing this, they've got to be willing to be active in it because I need to have some people on board at the moment that have talent that I don't have. You know, I need a, I need a business manager. I mean, I've got, I've got the, uh the, all the. Supply chain already set up. I just need the organizing. I'm not an organizer like that. So that's the next part of it. Okay. But I'm also gonna I'm also gonna be doing YouTube clips that are centered on the heart and what I think life could be, and and with the introduction of some humor.
1: Yeah, exactly. No humor is a great uh, you know way to do it. Um, as soon as you have all that stuff, then um, you're welcome to to come back on, and uh, we'll share that information and um, have all your links and everything. You'll need, like, a, a username for YouTube uh, or the name of your channel so that people can look that up and, and everything, but it yeah. sounds like it helped to, to do that, and I think it's a, a great thing, and this is a great start, you know, and I want to thank everyone for joining us and, and listening. Um, we uh, want to get into... Having more guests with us, and uh, Stephen is is our first guest. And um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening.
0: You're okay. and as I always end it, this is the end of Sundays with Kay. And please take your candle and put your light with my lit candle, and let's just spread this light bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until we all see the light. I'm thank so you. Good.